Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast with me, Jason Dean, in partnership with Luna Wallet in Exchange. Here we talk about all things Bitcoin, all things financial, and try and make some sense of them. If you'd like to get in touch with me, then I'll give you some contact details at the end of this podcast. Or if you're listening on YouTube, just leave a comment below. Now, before we get stuck in today's really hot off the press topic, I just wanted to acknowledge Luno's support in helping make this podcast possible. Luno is one of the world's leading cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges, trusted by over 5 million customers in 40 countries. Now, it's no secret if you follow me on Twitter or Medium that I've been recommending Luno for some time, especially if you're new to the space, because it's got this lovely clear setup and it's an easy and secure way to buy, exchange or hold Bitcoin and other cryptos as well, such as Litecoin, Ripple and Ethereum. Simply go to luno.com for the details or download the app. That's Luno, L-U-N-O, on your Android or Apple device. And as of last week, Luno have just launched a savings wallet where you can transfer your Bitcoin to and achieve a nice 4% interest. Check it out. It's really cool. In fact, if you do download the app and you're over 18 and you're based in UK or Europe, I'm going to give you £10 worth of Bitcoin, courtesy of Luno, absolutely free to get you started on the app. And the way I'll be doing that is by giving you a code at the end of this podcast, which will credit your account instantly. But in the meantime, it's great to have you here with me today as we dive into our chosen subject for this podcast. So welcome to today's episode, which is all about this week's big news, which has dominated the press coverage in the crypto world. And I'm sure you know all about it by now. It's PayPal's announcement that they're moving into Bitcoin. And it is a big deal. I published an article on Voice earlier this week called PayPal, Bitcoin and the Road Ahead within about an hour and a half of the news coming out. So it was a quick response, kind of an initial view. But as the day went on, it became clear that there were some limitations in what PayPal are proposing to offer. So at the time I'm recording this, it's now 48 hours later, we're pretty confident now that we know everything about this offering or at least we thought so, because in the last 12 hours, there's been another interesting development concerning PayPal. So we're going to mention that as well, of course. But anyway, let's get started on the nitty gritty of what this uh, initial announcement was about and what it actually really means. So this all started on Wednesday, the 21st of October, 2020, at approximately 12.45 p.m. UK time when PayPal suddenly announced via Reuters that it, and I would I will quote, allow customers to buy, sell and hold Bitcoin and other virtual currencies using the company's online wallets. Now, that's a big announcement, but many of us in the industry knew that PayPal had been hanging around the alternative digital payment scene for quite some time, having initially been involved with Facebook's Libra project when it began back in June 2019. However, PayPal dropped out of that project just four months later, along with some other key players uh, who were Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, and eBay, leaving the future of Libra uncertain, which actually I discussed in another article on on a previous time. Now, the exact reason for PayPal's decision to leave was never precisely clear. Um, There seemed to be a few sort of conflicting answers, but I, I think it was quite apparent that the organization was already exploring avenues 
involving established cryptocurrencies. And they were probably also worried about the real possibility of Libra actually being able to happen um, due to regulation and other concerns. So I think they were already looking at other options. And really that's coming from press articles and various comments made by senior executives. So, you know, I can't say that absolutely for sure, but it is now clear in retrospect that this was going on. Now, it's interesting also because PayPal had not been historically supportive of cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin. Um, prior to sort of early 2019. And actually, you know, a good few years ago, they were really anti-end because, of course, it was a direct threat to their model, I suppose, as a payment processor. But it does mean that this is yet another organization which has found itself completely changing its narrative in the face of increasingly positive evidence, increasingly overwhelming evidence, I would say, that Bitcoin itself has solid fundamentals and can add value to the planet. But even though PayPal had been making sort of positive noises, we had nothing specific or concrete from the company in terms of timescale, service offering, or whether it would even be doing anything directly with cryptocurrency until that announcement came on Wednesday. Now, Wednesday had actually already been quite busy because another company that morning had announced that they were converting 10% of their cash reserves to Bitcoin, this time a British company listed on the UK stock exchange called Node Global Holdings PLC. Now, there'd been a lot of debate about it actually on Twitter in particular because they had said they were converting 10% but actually weren't putting a figure on it, which is a kind of a bit of a weird thing to do. So, you know, if any people out there are listening to this who are in PR, that's exactly how not to do it because it was seen actually as quite a negative thing to say, oh, yes, we're doing this announcement but we're not going to tell you really how much money we're putting in. And it's an odd thing to do because it's a public limited company. So you'll be able to see what it is on the balance sheet and we'll, we'll find out what that is in, in due course. And the estimates have been anywhere between sort of 7 and, and 20 Bitcoin. So it's not a massive, massive amount. Um, but, you know, that could have been handled better. So we were discussing all of this quite happily through various conversations on Twitter and all of a sudden this press release kind of slipped into the timeline. So basically it said that US account holders, this is PayPal now of course, will be able to buy, sell and hold cryptocurrencies in their PayPal wallets as soon as, and I quote, the coming weeks, end of quote. So clearly that service rollout is imminent, but it also implies that this is definitely limited to just US customers, at least for the time being. And this might be linked, and I suspect it probably is linked, to the provisions of the license that PayPal has obtained from the New York State Department of Financial Services. And that license is actually described as conditional at this stage. And it's also issued together with their partners in this enterprise, which happens to be Paxos Trust Company. So that release, though, does go on to say that some other countries will be included in the first half of 2021. But at the moment, it's unclear which ones they're likely to be. It's clearly a project which is unfolding and developing, and they've probably got a rollout plan, which we'll hear about in due course. So it was at this point that I wrote my article and published it. And of course, it did the rounds and lots of commentary, lots of questions. And that was only about 90 minutes after that came out. But then within a couple of hours of that happening, um, some of the tone of the commentary changed a little bit when there was, there was some follow-up information came out and there was some small print in it. 
And that small print was quite important because it soon became clear that there were some limitations in what PayPal were offering. And these hadn't really been made clear in the initial press release. So, for example, Plan B, um, who's a pseudo-anonymous trader, is quite a big name on Twitter and in the crypto world. He was clearly less than impressed when he tweeted as follows. Um, and I'll read it out for you. He put, OK, we can forget this PayPal news. Crypto in the PayPal account cannot be transferred to other accounts on or off PayPal. And that clearly was uh, a straight quote from the information he was referring to. Then he concluded, so this is all a big PayPal nothing burger, just entries in a central PayPal database, nothing to do with Bitcoin. Now, that was probably a bit harsh, but it was prompted by PayPal's walled garden approach, whereby deep in the Q&As, there is a little statement that says that all Bitcoin, but also Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin and Ethereum that's bought on the platform cannot be transferred outside of it. Now, this is very different to most wallets and exchanges where, of course, this is always possible by using um, addresses, receive, sent and receive processes. You can send your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrencies everywhere. That's kind of the point of it. So technically, this makes PayPal nothing more than basically a giant database of who owns what Bitcoin on their platform. So at first glance, it really significantly reduces the impact of that news. Now, quite rightly, I think he, plan B that is, later played down his nothing burger comment. And it was the right call because there is still very significant value to this move. So for you and I, because we're in the crypto world and we're really used to using Bitcoin and we're really used to being able to have this versatility in the things that we do with it, you know, it, it seems a bit alien. But for people who are not power users or new users or lay users or people who, who really are a little bit unsure about it, this is still an excellent first step in learning about and using Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. The other thing is, I also suspect that over time, PayPal will improve their service to become closer to a full custodial wallet solution, uh, which will enable payments in and out and all the usual things that we're used to. Now, I think that not only is that a natural next step, I'd actually suggest it will be considered essential if PayPal ultimately wants to remain relevant as that ecosphere expands. Because remember, more people are probably going to start using Bitcoin as a result of this. And once they've gone past that initial stage of, oh, yes, this is great. I can do this. I can do that. They'll want to have the same functionality as the rest of us do. Now, at the same time, as myself and many other commentators have pointed out, it is already possible to buy, sell and hold Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with relative ease these days using sort of user friendly apps such as Square, Robinhood and a few others. But you've got to remember, PayPal's reach is enormous and that's why it's attracting the headlines. Let me give you the numbers. So PayPal currently has 346 million active accounts around the world and processed $222 billion in payments, not in a year, in just the second quarter alone in this year. And that figure, just by complete coincidence, actually, um, almost exactly matches the entire market cap of Bitcoin. Well, it, it did until the announcement, because obviously then there was a big price movement and that is no longer true. Now, I also think it's interesting to look at the words of the CEO, and that is a chap called Dan Shulman, who's the president and chief executive of PayPal. And it's worth sort of 
look at a couple of his um, quotes. One in particular I thought was quite interesting. He said this, we are working with central banks and thinking of all forms of digital currencies and how PayPal can play a role. It's just a little short sentence, but actually there's quite a few meanings you could construe that to actually refer to. Now, and that sort of depends on your own agenda, I suppose, because uh, you could apply different ones to it. So, for example, does he mention CBDCs, that central bank digital currencies, because he feels he needs to position PayPal as an ally to the banking system it works with and as a nod to the powers that be that granted the license in the first place. So it's a sort of reassurance that PayPal is, you know, we're not going to go underground. We're not going to go off the national agenda. We're not going to go all renegade and rogue and just deal with these cryptocurrencies. We are going to work within the banking system, which I think is pretty obvious anyway. But at the same time, could it be like a veiled dig at the same authorities who as yet have not even agreed to work on a CBDC for the USA. Something that the chairman of the Fed, Jay Powell, only confirmed a few hours prior to this happening during an IMF live stream event. Put it this way, if the crypto dollar had been up and running, there's no doubt in my mind that it would have had precedence over Bitcoin and the license probably would have reflected that. So instead, it seems Bitcoin will become the main and default standard for purchasing goods online via the 26 million merchants it supports, giving it a direct route to becoming firmly established as the number one brand in people's minds until it happens. And that's almost certainly going to happen. Now, people have made it clear that you will be able to use your Bitcoin and those other currencies to buy products and services from all those merchants it, it talked about. But they've also made it clear that those merchants will actually receive payment in their local currency rather than the Bitcoin itself. Now, and that's also probably going to be the case for some time in my view. In actual fact, this pretty much is how um, other visa-based companies such as Wirex operate. So PayPal are effectively acting as the front end of a large-scale currency conversion system, really, if you boil it down. So they take the Bitcoin from your wallet and convert it at point of sale to pounds, dollars, or euros, etc. Now, on that basis, it's a lucrative proposition, and it was bound to be explored at some point by the major payment processors as Bitcoin continued to grow. So now we understand that what happens next. Now, of course, as soon as this happened, uh, a couple of journalists I know got in touch with me to ask for my comments on this. And I immediately said to them, look, this could well go down in history as a watershed moment. And I really believe that this is the point at which Bitcoin goes properly mainstream. Even some of that detail isn't quite what it first appeared. And the reason for this is quite simple. The sentiment around Bitcoin has been positive for some time as that institutional narrative has really shifted quite quickly in light of the changes of what's going on in the financial landscape at the moment. And, you know, we talk about what's happening with money printing and possible inflation coming up and all kinds of stuff quite often. And you've got to remember, all of this process has been massively accelerated by the effects of coronavirus. And that also seems to have speeded up um, Bitcoin's adoption. And I don't think that is a coincidence. So don't forget, just in the last few months, we've already had significant investments by MicroStrategy. Um, Square did 50 million um, only a few weeks ago. And Grayscale are continuing to hoover up all the Bitcoin they can possibly get their hands on. Um, and these things have really sort of publicly endorsed the flagship cryptocurrency. 
and that's therefore encouraged more investment and more interest and it's driven the same cycle further and further and further. But PayPal's move is much bigger and it contains far greater implications because not only is this about giving direct accessibility to hundreds of millions of users, this is about doing it in a clearly regulated way through a trusted, regulated and highly recognized brand. So there's no doubt that those on the fence about Bitcoin, and that could be due to fear of it, um, could be a lack of understanding of it, or just simply, I just don't know how to get to it and use it. All of those people who have those sort of objections are now likely to be swayed to at least try it and play with it. At the same time, those negative towards the currency, and there are still a few out there, and there are some valid arguments and discussions, which I happily debate with people from time to time, but this move makes it difficult to explain away or play down, and that sort of sets the stage for a wider acceptance. Now, Bitcoin isn't without its problems. Um, some of those have yet to be properly resolved. There's still a scalability issue. There's still an energy issue, which I talk about from time to time. But there can be no doubt that payment processors now consider it a viable asset on its own merit. It'll also, I think, lead to some other interesting changes because the desire to accumulate Bitcoin both as a store of value and as a simple payment mechanism will undoubtedly increase from this point. And instead of being seen as a sort of unusual or quirky move to hold Bitcoin, the heads of institutions may well find themselves having to explain to shareholders why they are not adopting a Bitcoin standard, or at the very least preserving some company wealth through acquiring it as part of their treasury reserves. Now, of course, in the short term, we should expect to see some speculative pressure, both in terms of PayPal stock and Bitcoin's dollar price, both of which are probably likely to benefit. However, that pressure is unpredictable, so we should still expect some short-term volatility. At the end of the day, it's the long-term trend that you should be looking at anyway. You know, I've got to add my usual caveat there. None of this is financial advice. It's just my opinion. However, no sooner have we finished talking about all this stuff, in fact, I'm not even quite sure we had finished talking about it yet, another piece of news hit the headlines. Now, this was a little bit quieter and it sort of felt a little bit unofficial, but Bloomberg reported that PayPal had been shopping around for potential crypto company acquisitions as well. This is all unconfirmed at this point, but the company BitGo had actually been named in the report. And there were no direct sources, but there were unnamed people familiar with the matter, that old line that we like to use when we, we can't reveal our sources. So this is definitely not confirmed, but it's also definitely more than a rumor. And I have to say, it kind of makes sense when you look at what BitGo do. After all, this is a company that offers digital wallets that require multiple signatures for transactions, offline vaults for storing Bitcoin and other currencies. And it was also one of the first companies in the space to focus on institutional investors. Now, we can only guess really at this stage what PayPal is actually up to. But clearly, this move into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is significant. It's major. It's been well thought out and it's now forms part of their strategy going forward. So we can only wait and see how it unfolds from here. 
And I have to say, as I was recording this, I find it incredible to think how far we've come. I mean, conversations like this would have been considered crazy even six months ago. That's how fast this whole thing has moved. And it also made me start thinking about what other possibilities we might see coming up in the future. I mean, we've already seen the blurring of the line between sovereign and private sector mining operations, for example, as entire nations try and establish a lead for hash power. Is it possible, therefore, we may also be on the verge of seeing a sovereign nation announcing that they're going to be using Bitcoin as part of their national reserves? Now, that still seems pretty crazy. But then again, it doesn't now seem as crazy as it was six months ago. And I'll leave you with that thought until next time. Thanks for listening today. If you've got any comments or questions on this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jason Aideen. Or if you'd like to know more on the subject of Bitcoin and finance in general, then join me on Medium on the new address they have given me, which is jasonadeen.medium.com. Don't forget the E at the end of Dean when you're typing that in or you won't find me. Now, if you've been waiting patiently for your £10 of Bitcoin, here are the details you need. All you need to do is open up the Luno app and type in the code I'm about to give you. Now, I should say, if you haven't verified your account yet, you should do that first, and it only takes a minute to do so anyway. You do that by going to Profile, Settings, Verification, and it's the usual mugshot and ID that you use on all banking apps these days, and it's normally processed within a couple of minutes. Once done, and you only have to do it once, of course, you just go to the section called Rewards at the bottom of the screen, press the Enter a Code button, and type in the following, PDUK12X. That's Papa Delta Unicorn Kilo 12 X-Ray. And that's it. Your £10 in Bitcoin will be credited instantly. If you're in Europe, it's the equivalent of £10, so that's about €11 at the moment, I suspect. You can use that just to play with the app and explore it, but of course you can buy more Bitcoin easily once you're set up and go from there. Don't forget you can now also earn 4% interest on your crypto by moving it to the savings wallet built into the app, which is of course about 4% more than you can get in the bank right now. T's and C's applies when saving and you can check those out when you first transfer over. I'll leave that with you and I'll see you next time on the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast.